Good evening. It's 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. This is WebYeshiva.org, and it's time to begin our series of Shi'urim dealing with astrology. Uh, these Shi'urim are live, and since you are, those of you who are participating live are free to ask questions during the Shi'ur, you can uh, send in your questions by, uh, by chat. I will see your question on the screen, and then be able, I'll be able to incorporate the answer to your question in the course of the, in the, course of the shiur, in the course of the class. Uh, I know that not all of you are from English-speaking uh, countries. If it's easier for you to type a question in another language, se puede hacer preguntas también en español, on peut poser des questions même en français, man kann fragen auch auf Deutsch stellen, um, well, if you need other languages, let me know, and maybe I can accommodate them as well. The shiurim are all archived, and if you miss a shiur, you can pick it up on the archive. You can download the archive of the shiur video, video and or audio. Uh, the way to do that is to visit the internet site of webyeshiva.org, and there you can uh, download uh, this archived shiur or any other archived shiur. The shiur are available on archive approximately 24 hours uh, after the shiur is actually given. And if you want to ask me a question about one of the archived shiurim, feel free to send me an email. On the bottom of the screen, you have a timeline uh, uh, where you can tell me approximately how many minutes approximately how many minutes into the shi'ur you're asking about. Then I'll know exactly what you're referring to and I'll be able to respond uh, in an email message. Now before beginning the material, uh, let me tell you what we're not going to talk about. Uh, we're not going to talk about how to actually use astrology, how to create a horoscope for a specific person given the details of that person. Uh, we're not going to deal with the mechanics of actually using uh, astrology, uh, that that's a subject for a different time requiring analysis of very different kinds of texts. That's, that's, that's not what we're going to be doing. Uh, the other thing we're not going to be doing in this class is discussing uh, the, fa the facts and the controversy out there over whether or not astrology is a real genuine science, does it really work? or that does it not work at all? Uh, well, the, the, this controversy has been raging out there for a long time. We're not going to get into that in this series of Shi'urim. If you're interested, uh, the, Mars, the Mars effect is probably the, the, the single most discussed astrological phenomenon uh, in terms of statistical evidence and scientific evidence, whether it works or it doesn't work. Well, uh, this is again a subject for a different series of Shi'urim. What we are going to talk about in these shiurim are the attitudes and approaches of great rabbis through the generations. We're going to begin from the Talmudic period and then go through the generations of great rabbis down to modern times and see what they have had to say about astrology. And there have been a divergent opinions, divergent approaches among the great rabbis to the field of astrology, and that's what we're going to concentrate on, astrology in rabbinic literature. Now, as, as in all of my classes, I'm going to bring to you sources only from the greatest of the rabbis through the generations. 
there, there are plenty more sources of less known figures. But I'm going to concentrate on the heavyweights. I'm going to concentrate on the major opinions of the principal rabbis through the generations. Before we actually start with the Talmudic texts, let's take a look at, uh, at this text of the Ramchal. Where is it? One second. Coming up. Fits to it. Uh, synchronized. There you got it. Uh, the, the text we're looking at was written by the Ramchal. Uh, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, great rabbi of, uh, of uh, Renaissance, Renaissance Italy. In the world of Jewish thought, one of the most revered figures in the history of rabbinic literature. He's the author, among other books, he's the author of the Mesilas Yesharim, surely the single most influential book ever written in rabbinic circles in the field of Musa, in the field of rabbinic ethics, in the field of rabbinic thought, as surely the single most, most influential book uh, in the history of, of rabbinic literature. Well, the quote we're about to have from him is not from that book. It's from another uh, sefer he wrote. It's from a sefer, Derech Hashem, also a very popular and very influential book. Well, let's see what he said. the Kohavim. God, when he made the universe, decreed that there should be certain characteristics in the Kohavim in the stars. All of the characteristics of physical objects in this world and all of the characteristics, all of the characteristics that pertain to those physical objects are all contained in the stars. The stars that we see in the heavens have within them all of the characteristics of every physical event and every physical object that exists in this world. After the characteristics of physical objects and the characteristics of events in our world were prepared in the heavenly sphere, in the stars, uh, the influence of the stars comes down into this world, influencing the characteristics of every object and influencing the characteristics of every event that takes place in this world. It is, however, possible that the influence of the stars will be canceled. It's possible to nullify. It's possible to contradict the influence of the stars. Uh, because there are powers, there are influences which are greater than the power of the stars. There are other powers which are greater than the influence of the stars. The And that is why the rabbis taught us in the Gemara, in, in a few minutes we're going to be looking at this passage in the Gemara, uh, and we'll see it in context. This is why the rabbis taught us in the Gemara, Ein mazal li Yisrael, uh, 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 the Jewish people are not under the influence of any particular mazal, any particular constellation, any particular group of stars. Uh, everyone knows 
than a common Yiddish expression for congratulations if someone is going to get married is mazal tov, mazal, normally translated as luck, mazal tov, good luck, really does not mean luck at all. The word mazal in the phrase mazal tov means a good constellation, a good group of stars. If someone is getting married and, and you say to them, mazal tov, the original true meaning of the phrase is, I hope that your marriage takes place under the influence of a good constellation of stars. Mazal tov, a good constellation, a good group of stars. Well, uh, uh, it's true that the stars influence everything in this world, but there are greater forces which can overcome the influence of the stars, and that's why the rabbis in the Gemara said, Ein mazal Yisrael, the Jewish people are not under the influence of the constellations. And we'll, we'll see that passage in the Gemara in context in a moment. Before we come to actually look at that passage, let me just point out in passing that Rashi, I hope he, Rashi needs no introduction, the greatest of the commentators, not only a uh, biblical commentator, but also on the whole of the Talmud. Uh, the, the Talmud will largely be a closed book for us if we did not have the commentary of Rashi to guide us through it. Rashi, in his commentary on the Talmud, defines itstagninus, that's the Talmudic word for astrology, itstagninus, he defines it as hochmat hamnizalot, the wisdom of the stars, Rashi surely believed that there was a lot of wisdom in understanding the way the stars influence events and influence objects in this world. Let's now begin with the real texts that I want to concentrate on in the course of this series. We're going to begin with the Gemara. Uh, a passage in the Gemara in Tractate Shabbos, in the course of the Shi'urim, I'm not going to mention the exact sources that I am drawing upon, because the exact sources are always going to be given on the screen with the exact precision, the exact page number uh, that I'm drawing the sources from. That's all going to be on the screen, so I don't have to mention it in words uh, as we're going through the Shi'urim. If you want to look up the sources, and make sure I type them correctly. There's always a possibility that I made a typing error. If you want to check out the original sources, you have all of the references on the screen. If you want to see the larger context in which the sources appear, feel free to look them up. And if you have any questions after having done that, let me know, and I'll be happy to respond. Here comes the Talmudic text, which the Ramchal, which Rav Chaim, uh, uh, Rav Moshe Chaim referred to when he said, Jews are not under the influence of the stars. Let's look at the, at the full Talmudic text. It says, K'tiv, it is written, Pinkase, in the notebook, it is written in the notebook of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, one of the great rabbis of the Talmud, had a notebook, and the following is a quotation from his notebook. Hi, man, the person who, the Chad Bishaba, the person who on Sunday was born, someone born on Sunday, uh, the first day of the week, 
Someone born on Sunday, Yehei will be Gever. Someone born on, uh, on uh, Sunday will be a man. What kind of man? Will be a man. A man who does not have, you're not the only one born on Sunday. The lo chadabe, he's a man who is missing, who is not missing chada, who is not missing one thing. There's one thing that we surely know about the man who was born on Sunday. Well, uh, what is it? What is the one characteristic that we know pertains to people who are born on Sunday. He says man, but that applies to women as well, right? Man in the general sense, man or woman, a person born on Sunday, no, not on Shabbat, on Sunday, Chad B'Shaba, the first day of Shabbat, we call Yom Rishon B'Shabbat, the first day of the week. That's Sunday, someone born on Sunday, has one characteristic, what is it? My, Velo Chadabe, what is the one characteristic we know he definitively has, or she definitively has? Ilema, if you will say, Velo Chad that he has a good characteristic, that he is virtuous, that he's a good, if you want to say that people who are born on Sundays will turn out to be good people, if that's what you want to say, Oh, Ravashi, didn't, didn't Ravashi uh, tell us, Ana, uh, Ana, Bechad B'Shab Sahavai, I was born on Sunday. Ravashi said regarding himself that he was born on Sunday. And surely he was not clear, surely he was not being prideful. Surely he was not being boastful. Uh, surely he was not saying, oh, uh, the reason I'm so good is because I was born on Sunday. No, 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 that, that's not right. That's not right. I, I'll, I'll laugh. No, that's not right. The, 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 the characteristic of people born on Sunday must be a little bit different. Hadalabishu. Uh, maybe it means that people who are born on Sunday will be lacking the characteristic of badness. Maybe there will be no badness in, this, in the person who's born on Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the influence of the stars for people born on Sunday. The Gemara is not entirely sure what was meant in the quotation in the Pinkas in the notebook of Rav Yehoshua ben Levi. Hama uh, Ravashi, and, and Ravashi, uh, the great rabbi of the Gemara said, Ana vidimi bar kakazusa havayan. I and Dimi, another guy, a neighbor of his, uh, another guy, we were both born on Sunday. Uh, two of us were born on Sunday, me and my neighbor, I don't know who he was exactly, some guy back in the days of the Gemara, Dimi, we were born, both of us on Sunday. Anamelech, I have become a king. And it's true that Rav Ashi became the Rosh Yeshiva and had the status of being like a king in the Jewish community. The who, and this other guy who was born on, uh, on Sunday, Hava Resh Ganave, he became the head of the thieves. He became the thief chief in uh, the, the, the the thief. He became the chief thief in town. He's the head uh, of all of all the thieves. Well, well, well. You see, you see, the people born on Sunday. Well, one of them turns out good, like me. One of them turns out bad, like Dimi. Well, how how can you say that the stars? are the source of the influence here. If we have two people, both born on Sunday, 
ending up on opposite ends of the spectrum. Ella, the Gemara, concludes, Oh, kuli letivo, kuli lebisho, it must be that people born on Sunday are going to be pure, either purely good or purely bad. That's the influence of the stars for people born on Sunday. Purity, and they're going to be at one end of the, of the spectrum. Or at the opposite end of the spectrum, they go, you're going to become the great rabbi and leader of the Jewish people, like Ravashi. Or you're going to end up the captain of the thieves, like, uh, like this character, like this character, Dimi. That must be what it means. Now let's go one step further. These are people who were born on Sunday. The same passage in the Gemara continues. We're still quoting the Gemara word for word. Haiman de betray b'shapa. Someone who was born on the second day of the week. Monday. Someone who was born on Monday. Yehei Geva Ragsan is going to be a person who is easily angered. Someone very angry. You can be, if you're born on Monday, you can be an angry person. My timer. What's the reason? Why are people born on Mondays angry people, easily angered? Because in the creation of the world, on the second day of creation on Monday, the waters were divided. And since the waters were divided, we see that someone who was born on the second day of the week is going to be someone who will be divided from his friends, relatives, neighbors, he's going to be separated, he's going to be constantly angry. The influence of the stars on the stuff that the world is made of, water being separated, that same influence is going to influence people and is going to make people born on that day, ragzan, uh, easily angered people. The Gemara goes on and says, anyone born on the third day of the week, Tuesdays, anyone born on Tuesday, is going to be a rich person, wealthy, and Zanai. Zanai is the opposite of modest. He's going to be an immodest person. Rashi says, probably an adulterer or an adulteress. People born on Tuesdays will be wealthy and sexually immodest. My timer What's the reason for that? Mishum de Ivru Beyasavim, because the grasses of the world, the uh, vegetables of the world, were created on the third day of creation, and the grass and the vegetables all grow very quickly, reproduce very quickly, and there's a lot of them. And since there's a lot of them and they reproduce very quickly, that means that people who are humans who are born on that day, on the third day, will receive the influence of a lot. Namely, they're going to be wealthy and uh, they're going to be sexually promis uh, 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 promiscuous. That is the situation with people born on Tuesdays. What about Wednesdays? Someone born on Wednesdays, the Gemara says. Someone born on Wednesdays is going to be wise and enlightened. Wisdom will fill anyone born on Wednesday. My timer, what's the reason? 
Mishum de Itlubei Morot, because on Wednesday, on the fourth day of creation, when God was creating the world, that's the day when he put the lights into the heavens. That was the day of the creation of the sun and the stars and the moon, which give us light, which give us enlightenment. And therefore, that's the day when enlightenment showers down upon the earth, and anyone born on that day is going to be wise and enlightened. That's Wednesdays. Haiman uh, the Hamisha B'Shabbos, someone born on Thursdays, on the fifth day of the week, Yegva Gomel Chasadim, is going to be a very kind and merciful person. People born on Thursdays are kind and merciful. My time, what's the reason? Because that's the day, the fifth day of creation, when God created uh, birds and fish, and birds and fish do acts of kindness, uh, 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 and therefore, someone born on that day is going to be under the same influence of the stars. Someone born on Maile Shapsa, on Erev Shabbat, that's Friday, someone born the day before Shabbos, Yehei Gvar Chazran, is going to be a kind of man who seeks things. How do the birds, uh, what's the connection between birds and kindness? Rashi says that, uh, that they are sustained entirely by the kindness of God, unlike farm animals, goats, cows, chickens, which we have to feed. We have to make sure that, that, that we humans feed them. Uh, uh, fish and, and, and birds of the sky, we do not have to feed. They receive the kindness of God perpetually. They're constantly receiving kindness. They have their, their uh, sustenance, their food, without us having to provide the food for them. Okay, they, they receive kindness that makes them, uh, that, that makes a person a kind person if he's born on that day or she is born on that day. Someone born on Shabbat, oh, oh someone born on Fridays is going to be a seeker. Chazran, going to look for things, could be a seeker. Amr of Nachman by Yitzchak, this rabbi said, Chazran the mitzvahs, he's going to seek to do mitzvahs all his life. He'll be a seeker. A seeker after mitzvah is someone who, who, who endeavors to do many mitzvahs. Someone born on Shabbos, he's going to die on Shabbos. Someone who's born on Shabbos will die on Shabbos. Why? Since the Shabbos had to be desecrated on the day that he or she was born, the retribution for the desecration of Shabbos on the day that he or she is born, childbirth involves a lot of labor. And there's a reason why it's called labor in English. And uh, therefore, is a de desecration of Shabbos. And the, the child born on that day will end up dying on Shabbos as well. Well, 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 well uh, uh, there's more to the Gemara. We're going to look at it in a moment. But up till this point, you see the Gemara appears... A uh, simple reading of the Gemara leads to the conclusion that the Gemara appears to be clearly linking astrological phenomena with the characteristics of humans born on certain days. Uh, the linkage, particularly 
is made to the way HaKadosh Baruch who created the world and the influences put into the world on the first day of creation, the second day of creation, and so forth and so on. Those influences reverberate uh, through, all, uh, through all of history, and anyone born on those days will be influenced by those, uh, those characteristics. The, exactly the same passage in the Gemara. We're still looking word, word by word. The same continuation of the same passage in the Talmud. The Gemara goes on and says, Amalu Rav Hanina. Uh, Rav Hanina, Rav Hanina, no, they weren't a great rabbi. All the rabbis of the Gemara were great. The Rav Hanina said to them, Puku, go out. Imrule uh, Labar Yoai, go tell. Uh, Bar Yoai, go tell the other rabbis, go out and make the following announcement, Rabbi Hanina said. Lo mazal yorem goren. There's no such thing, Rabbi Hanina said, of linking the day of the week in which you were born with your characteristics. Rabbi Hanina disagrees with everything the Gemara has said up to this point. Up to this point, the linkage between personal characteristics and the influence of the stars had to do with the day of the week that you are born on. Rav Hanina says, no, 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 this is all wrong. It's not the day of the week that influences your characteristics. Ella, rather, mazal sha'agorem. It depends what hour of the day you were born. And at every hour of the day, whether 12 hours during the day, 12 hours at night, at every hour of the day, in the 24 hours of every daily cycle, on every hour, there's a different star which is influential. And we have to know what hour during the day someone was born, because that will tell us which of the stars was influential at the moment of birth, and that's what's going to teach us about the characteristics of a person. Now, now, now remember, now when I say stars, it's, I, I'm talking about stars over and over again. When I'm talking about stars, I'm talking about stars from the rabbinic point of view, not from the point of view of modern astronomy. What modern astronomy has to say really is completely and totally irrelevant for the understanding of astrology. Uh, 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 modern astrology distinguishes between planets and stars and comets and asteroids. You know, uh, modern, modern astronomy has its way of categorizing heavenly lights. Forget about all that. That's not the way the rabbis in the field of astrology looked at the heavenly lights. From the rabbinic point of view, from the astrological point of view, all of the heavenly lights are called Kochavim, whether we would call it a planet or we would call it a star is irrelevant. They're all, they are all called Kochavim in astrological literature. And that's true not only in rabbinic astrological literature, that's true in all world literature until, until modern astronomy came around and started redefining terms. Okay, according to Rabbi Hanina, it's not the day of the week that establishes your characteristics. It's the time of day that you were born. Haiman Vahama, someone born under the influence of Hama, under the influence of the sun. Uh, you, you, you know that, that just as in modern English, 
there's some of the vocabulary is different than in Shakespearean English. Some words have different meanings in uh, in Shakespearean English and modern English, and indeed. Uh, some things we use, we've changed entirely since the days of Shakespearean English. Everyone knows that. Well, well, uh, the Hebrew language also underwent historical periods of change. There's biblical Hebrew, which is more or less consistent. Then there is rabbinic Hebrew, called Lashon Chazal. Rabbinic Hebrew, though, the, the Hebrew of the Mishnah, the Hebrew of the Gemara, which is also fairly cohesive and a distinct period in the history of the Hebrew language. The vocabulary is more or less the same, but there are words which are different. The biblical Hebrew word for sun is Shemesh. The rabbinic Hebrew word for sun in the days of the Mishnah and the Talmud, the rabbinic word for sun is Chama, Two different words in the Hebrew language which mean exactly the same thing. It just depends which historical period you're talking about. Back in biblical days, they called the sun Shemesh. In Mishnaic and Talmudic times, the word changed and they called it Chama. This incidentally leads to a very important linguistic phenomenon. You're probably aware that true synonyms Two words with the same meaning do not properly exist in any known language. We can have two words with very similar meaning, but if you think about it carefully, you'll find some subtle distinction in meaning between any two words. Even though the words might be very similar in meaning, they're not absolutely identical. Uh, that's true in every known language in the world except modern Hebrew. Modern Hebrew is the only known language in the world where we have true synonyms, uh, words which are truly interchangeable, absolutely identical, no difference in meaning between them whatsoever. One of them drawn from the biblical period, the other drawn from the Mishnaic or Talmudic period, both in common use in modern Israeli Hebrew. Uh, one can expect that in the course of time, these two words will diverge and get slightly subtly different meanings. But at the moment, in modern Israeli Hebrew, the biblical word, for example, etz, the biblical word etz for tree, and the Mishnaic or Talmudic word for tree, elan, both are in use in contemporary Israeli Hebrew, completely interchangeable, absolutely identical in meaning, true synonyms, I suppose, come back in a, in a hundred years and those words will have separated a little bit. People will use eights for certain kinds of trees and elan for other kinds of trees. Well, I can't predict exactly what's going to happen, but something is probably going to happen to separate these words. Someone born under the influence of the Chama, under the influence of the sun, and the sun is dominant in one hour during the day, opinions about exactly which hour that is, but there's one hour during the day where the sun is dominant. Yehei uh, Gever Ziftan is going to be a shining person. Uh, since the sun shines, this will be a person who radiates happiness and radiates eights in modern Hebrew is used for wood. Elan is not used for wood. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, the person who is born under the influence of the sun, he will eat and drink 
his own food. He will eat, he will have plenty of food uh, to eat and drink, he will eat and drink of his own. The uh, Razui Galian and his secrets will be revealed. He will not be able to keep any secrets, or she will not be able to keep any secrets. In Ganev, if this person becomes a thief, no matzlach, if this person becomes a thief, he will not be a successful thief, or she will not be a successful thief, because he or she will be unable to keep secrets. Someone born under the influence of the sun, all will be revealed, and there will be no secrets. You shouldn't go into the profession of thievery if you are born under the influence of the sun. Someone born under uh, the influence of Merc- uh, under the influence of Venus, uh, we consider Venus a planet in modern astronomy, but it's one uh, of the celestial uh, bodies. Someone born under the influence of Venus, this person is going to be wealthy and sexually promiscuous. My timer, what's the reason? Because a fire will be born into this person. This person will be born with a fire in his belly or in her belly, which means this person is going to be very active, very vigorous, will become wealthy, but also will be very sexually promiscuous. That's if you're born under the influence of Venus. The Hebrew word for Venus is noga, which means fire, the planet of fire, uh, uh, and that will influence the person born in that hour. Haimanda Vachochav, someone who is born under Kochav. Kochav is the word, general word for star. It's also the specific word for Mercury, one of the uh, uh, one of the celestial stars. Someone born under the influence of Mercury, Yegavai Nahir Vachakim, is going to be an enlightened and wise person. Mishum, because because the planet Mercury is the scribe which keeps track of all of the wisdom of the sun and just as the planet Mercury is the wise planet which acts as the scribe of the sun someone born under that influence will receive the influence of wisdom will be wise and enlightened Haimad Valavana Someone born under the influence of Levana. Levana is the Mishnaic and Talmudic word for moon, Levana, the, the white body. Uh, in biblical Hebrew, of course, it's, it's Yareach. Modern Hebrew uses both uh, Yareach and Levana, two words for the moon. Someone born under the influence of the moon, Yegvar Seville Ma'in. Someone who is born under the influence of the moon will be severe. Someone who suffers ma'in, bad things. Someone born under the influence of the moon will suffer bad things. Uh, satir, if he builds something, it will collapse. Satir benai, it'll collapse, he'll build it again. Achil delay. He won't be successful in, in providing a livelihood for, for himself or herself and will not have food to eat and drink. will have to depend upon other people to provide food and drink. Razoe uh, Kassian and all of his secrets, all of her secrets, will be guarded and not revealed. 
unlike people born in the sun, will, who will have no secrets, these people born under the influence of the moon, their secrets will be kept perfectly. Im ganav, if this person becomes a thief, matzlach, he or she is going to be a successful thief. That's a good, that's a good uh, uh, recommendation for someone born under the influence of the moon. Go into, go into the profession of thievery, your secrets will be kept and you'll be successful. Just as the moon receives light from the sun, uh, so the uh, person who is born under the moon will not have any of his own property. He will receive it from others. He'll either be a successful thief or supported by others. Haimant of someone born under the influence of Saturn. I don't know why I forgot to write Saturn in English letters. Someone born under the influence of Saturn, that's the, the giant planet. Someone born under the influence of Saturn is a person whose thoughts, whose machshavot, whose thoughts, whose plans will be frustrated. Nothing you, nothing you try to do will be successful. You plan, you'll think, and nothing will work out the way you plan or the way you think if you're born under under Saturn. The Easter Amre call Machshavun So some people say uh, that all plans against this person. Some say that all the thoughts that people have against the person will be frustrated. So Machlokas a disagreement among the astrologers whether being born under Shabbatai, whether being born under Saturn means that your plans are going to come to nothing, or is it the plans of people who want to attack you are going to come to nothing, but somewhere plans are going to be frustrated. The Gemara then goes on and talks about someone born under Tzedek. Tzedek, the ordinary Hebrew word for righteousness, is also the name of the planet Jupiter. Someone born under the influence of Jupiter is going to be a righteous person. Tzedek, that's the name of the planet, and that's the influence that planet has upon people born under it. They will be righteous people. Or of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, this great rabbi said, Tzadkan B'mitzvahs, the person born under Jupiter will be righteous in the performance of commandments. He's going to be very religious and very from. Finally, the Gemara talks about people born under Ma'adim, under Mars. I should have written Mars in English letters as well. Ma'adim is the planet Mars, the red planet. It's the red planet. Planet uh, red is the color of blood. There's therefore some connection with being born under Mars and having some connection with blood. The Gemara says, Ashidama. Someone born under the influence of Mars is going to be a spiller of blood, is going to end up shedding blood. Oh, Ravashi, Ravashi said, Iomena, uh, that's a person who should be advised to go into the profession of phlebotomy, the profession of bloodletting. Back in those days, physicians used to treat certain diseases by letting out blood, by bleeding the patients. Oh, that's a good profession for someone who was born under the influence of Mars, under the influence of the red planet. Uh, Ravashi went on and said, I ganava, I tabacha, I mohala. This person can also find success as a thief because he'll probably have to kill people. Oh, he could be a mohel 
because he'll do ritual circumcision and draw blood. He can be a tabach. He can be a shochet, a ritual slaughterer of animals. When, when, when we want to eat kosher meat, the animal must be slaughtered in a specific kosher way that also draws blood. That's also a good uh, professional advice for someone born under Ma'adim. Uh, Rava said, I was born under the influence of Ma'adim. I was born under the influence of Mars, Rava said. Our Abaya, Abaya responded, Mar Nami Anish. Mar Nami Anish, well, uh, that is why people who violate your words end up dying because you are a spiller of blood. Okay, what have we seen up to this point? There's a big machlokis, a big disagreement among the rabbis, whether it's the day of the week when the birth occurs, which influences the characteristics of the person, or is it the hour of the day that you are born that influences your characteristics? Two very different ways of looking at the influence of the stars, and both approaches are recorded in the same passage in the Gemara, one after another. Finally, Rabbi Yochanan says, and this is the part of the quotation, this is the part of the Talmudic passage that the Ramchal, Ramosha Chaim Lutzata, was referring to in the opening screen that we saw at the beginning of this class. Rabbi Yochanan said, Ein mazal l'Yisrael, Jews are not under the influence of any constellation, Jews are not under the influence of the stars. Rashi explains, If you pray to God, and if you have the merit of fulfilling divine commandments, your mazel can be changed, the influence of your stars can be changed. Of course, people are influenced by the stars they were born under, whether it's the day or the hour. Of course, people are influenced by the stars, but by Jews, it's easy enough to circumvent the influence of the stars. By Jews, it's easy enough to change the influence of the stars. All you have to do is pray to Phila and have schut, have the merit of performing mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs will obviate, will eliminate, will cancel the influence of stars in your life. That's how Rashi understood Rabbi Yochanan. Rashi, uh, according to Rashi, Rabbi Yochanan did not deny the influence of the stars on the Jewish people. All he meant to say was the influence of the stars is very fragile by Jews and therefore easily changed. The way it's changed is by Torah and mitzvahs unlike by non-Jews, who do not have Torah and mitzvahs, there the influence of the stars is more stable and less likely to change. Well, what have we learned from all of this? We've learned from this that although there are disagreements among the great rabbis from the days of the Gemara down through Rashi, Rashi was in the 11th century in France, although there are disagreements among the rabbis about exactly how to figure out 
what the precise influence of the stars might be on specific people, they all agree, they all seem to agree, that there is an influence of the stars upon people's characteristics depending upon the moment of your birth. The only disagreement is how to figure out the exact the exact connection uh, between the stars and the influence, but that that influence exists is obvious to all of the great rabbis. Uh, the only disagreement is in the details. Okay, uh, let's go one step further. We're now going to look at a text of the Rambam. Rambam, Maimonides, 12th century, born in, born in Spain, uh, driven out of Spain by the uh, period of Muslim uh, persecution ended up in Egypt, which although also Muslim was more tolerant in those days. The uh, 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 Rambam, surely on anyone's short list of all-time great rabbinic figures. Now, now Rambam w belonged to a minority group of great rabbis who were rationalists. As you know, the rabbinic world, not only the rabbinic world, the whole world, but the rabbinic world, like the whole world, divides into two camps. There are people who are rational, and there are people who are mystical, and every one of us is one or the other, and it would be a good idea for each of you to have some introspection, to look into yourselves, and try to figure out which you are, because everyone is either a rationalist or a, a mystic. Uh, many people, many people succeed in fooling themselves about what they really are. It takes some careful, most people find, it takes some very careful thought, some careful introspection to figure out w w whether or not you are truly a rationalist or truly a mystic. It's not always easy to answer that question. Let me outline the major differences between the two, and hopefully you'll be able to figure out where uh, on which side of the, of the divide you find yourself. The, the, the basic idea is as follows. Rationalists, and the Rambam was a great rationalist, a leader of rationalist thought. But rationalists believe Rationalists have faith. Rationalists believe in the power of the human mind to figure out the truth. The human mind has the capacity to figure out the truth, and that is something which rationalists believe and have faith in. They put their trust in the ability of human intellect. They put their trust in the ability of the human mind to figure out what is true. Uh, on the other hand, mystics uh, don't think very highly of the powers of the human mind. The human mind will can very easily fool you, can very easily trick you, can very easily deceive you. Things are not always what they seem to be, and, uh, and your mind is very easily confused, and very easily tricked, and very easily fooled. Mystics tend to prefer trusting tradition. They put their faith, their belief, their trust in tradition, what, what I have been taught, what has been passed through the generations, one generation after another, that is true. And if I want to have an understanding of truth, if I want to perceive, I want to see, 
I want to understand what is true. The mystic will tend to look at tradition. The, the rationalist will tend to look into his own mind or into her own mind. In addition, the mystic values greatly experience. What you experience, what you feel, your experience, your experiences, your feelings, those are real. Uh, and you know they are real. You know your experiences are real because you've experienced them yourself. Uh, the rationalist doesn't have much faith, doesn't, doesn't have much trust in experiences. He says, well, these uh, your experiences can very easily deceive you. You, you must try to overcome uh, your experiences. You must realize that whatever you're looking at might be an optical illusion, might not be true at all. No, 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 no. You, you, you have to depend upon your mind to tell you what is correct and what is incorrect. The mystic will want to rely more upon his or her personal experience in telling us in telling the person what is right and what is wrong. Now, now of course, um, experience, what I feel and what I experience, is usually very difficult to explain in words. Uh, 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 I'll give you a trivial example. And once I give you a trivial example, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And then you'll be able to multiply examples endlessly yourself, and you'll, you'll, you'll get to the kernel of the idea very quickly. Imagine for a moment uh, uh, that there are two kinds of people out there. There are people who have experienced drunkenness, people who have, who have consumed, people who have drunk a lot of wine and uh, become drunk. There are people who have experienced drunkenness, and there are other people in the world who have never experienced it, have never been drunk in their lives. There are two different kinds of people. Now, 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 someone who has experienced drunkenness knows exactly what the feeling is like. Imagine for a moment that you are reading a story written by I don't care what author, and the author describes a character in his story who, who drinks uh, whiskey and has another whiskey and a third whiskey, and then the telephone rings and, and the character stands up and walks dizzily to the telephone to answer it. Well, anyone who has experienced drunkenness knows exactly what the author is talking about when the author says that after five scotches, the, the character walked dizzily to the, uh, to the telephone uh, to answer it. Someone who has never experienced drunkenness in his life Someone who has never experienced drunkenness in her life has, has no way, has no way of understanding uh, what we're talking about. Uh, someone who has tasted chocolate and someone else says, this tastes like chocolate, knows exactly uh, what is being spoken about. Someone who has never experienced it, words don't get you very far in conveying the experience of eating chocolate or the experience of being drunk. This is why mystics depend heavily on poetry. Uh, poetry is an attempt to convey more than the words can actually say. Poetry is an attempt to convey feeling and experience above and beyond what the words are capable of saying. Uh, this is why mystics uh, tend very much 
to simile and metaphor. Open up the first chapter of Sefer Yechezkel, the book of Ezekiel in the Bible, which is a mystical experience of the, of the divine throne. Uh, uh, the word like must appear 20 times in, in the first chapter uh, of the book of Yechezkel. Yechezkel, the prophet, cannot tell us what he experienced in his mystical vision. He can only say, it's like this, it's like that, it's similar to this, it's similar to that. But uh, the a- actual experience he had cannot be conveyed in simple words. So there's mysticism, and many people are mystics. There is rationalism, and some people are rational. Statistically speaking, uh, most people are on the mystical side uh, of the fence. Statistically speaking, rationalists are, are far fewer in number. The Rambam was one of them. Let's see what the Rambam says about astrology. Rambam says, uh, Ram asks the question, this is a, a word-for-word quote, who is guilty of sorcery. Sorcery is a prohibition in the Torah, and the Ramah has to define exactly who is guilty of that sin. These are people who predict times. They tell you a certain time is good for this activity, not good for that activity. You want to do this, you want to do that, you should do it at a certain time. Certain times are auspicious. For certain activities, Omrim istagninus. These uh, sorcerers say by the stu- by the study of astrology, they say Yom Ploni Tov, Yom Ploni Ra. They say a certain day is good for a certain activity. Another day is bad for a certain activity. Yom Ploni Raui Lasod Bamalacha Plonis. A certain day is good for doing a certain kind of work. Shana ploni to chodesh ploni, ra ploni. They say uh, a certain a certain month is bad uh, for doing something, or people can have bad luck on a certain month. People who try to predict different times of the day, different times of the week, different times of the month or the year as being auspicious, good for certain activities or bad for certain activities. Those are the sorcerers that the Torah prohibits. Now, the, the source of this idea in the Rambam, Rambam didn't invent this, uh, Rambam draws all of his information from the Gemara after all. The source of the Rambam is in the Gemara as follows. The Gemara asks the question, who, who is a sorcerer? Who is guilty of sorcery? I'm Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says in the Gemara, someone who calculates times and hours, and says, Hayom Yafelotzet, today is a good day to begin your journey. Maha Yafelotzet. Or he says, no, don't, don't start your journey today. Start your journey tomorrow. It'll be a better constellation of stars tomorrow. That is the sorcerer who is guilty of violating the commandment of the Torah. Rav Yosef Karo, in his commentary on the Kesef Mishnah, quotes another source for the Rambam's idea. Menayin, this is also from the Gemara, Menayin, she'en sholim b'kaldiyim, how do we know that it's prohibited? How do we know that it's prohibited to ask questions of the astrologers? The Gemara asks, 
How do we know that it is prohibited to ask questions of the astrologers? Shanamah, because it says in a verse in the Torah, Tamim tihiya The Torah says flat out, you must be tamim. You must be pure with God. Your trust must be entirely in God. Your faith must be entirely in God. And if you go ask the astrologers for advice, you are turning away from God, putting your faith and trust in the stars. And that is what idolatry is all about. After all, the Hebrew word for idolatry is neither more nor less than serving the stars. Right? Serving the stars is exactly the Hebrew expression for idolatry. Someone who turns away from faith, trust, and belief in God and asks the astrologers for advice about what to do, that is the sorcerer who is prohibited by the Torah. Chaldeim, these astrologers, Hainu, are namely people who, chozim bakochavim, who look at the stars, stargazers, those are the astrologers that are simply prohibited uh, by, the, uh, by the Torah. Okay, now, 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 this is a rational approach, but let's think about it for a moment. Uh, the, the approach of Rabbi Akiva in the Gemara and the approach of Rabbi Yosef Karo, he was the author of Shulchan Aruch, after all. That's uh, pretty important, right? Rabbi Yosef Karo, the author of the Kesef Mishnah, and Rabbi Akiva both seem to be agreeing that the science, the wisdom of astrology is correct, it works, but even though it's correct and it works, we Jews are not allowed to utilize it because that means we are uh, diverting our faith and trust away from God. Uh, uh, Rambam leaves open the question whether or not the whole system works or not. That's not something the Rambam has addressed. Uh, the commentaries all seem to agree that astrology is a valid wisdom, but we Jews are not allowed to do it because it represents a moving of trust away from God into the astrology, into the stars, and that's prohibited. Okay, with this we come to the end of our first shiur, the end of our first class. What we have seen are a ton of rabbinic sources, and there are many more. We could add many more rabbinic sources, like the Talmudic passage we've seen. We've seen a lot of uh, sources where the rabbis themselves are supporting astrology, and now we've seen one voice, namely the voice of the Rambam, who seems to be in opposition. We're going to pause at this point. I wish you a, a good Shabbos when Shabbos comes, and look forward to seeing you all again a week from today. Until then, Shalom, Shalom.